You're listening to The Breakfast Show, where Lawson makes funny faces on Zoom calls, and I try to report on what's actually happening around the world here. Lawson, are you okay? Because that is like a real wild face going on. If you make a face like that, it could get stuck like that. Just want to let you know. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that since I was like like maybe eight years old, which was you know only a couple years ago. So, wow, that's that's deep. Because I remember there was a book that I read when I was in school and like the book was literally about a guy who made funny faces all the time to the point it got stuck. But then he actually prevented an armed robbery in a bank because his face was so messed up from this weird face he was making. And and the, the armed robbery was happening and he just looked at the people who were trying to rob this bank and they got scared and ran away. So the the, the essential point is there's always a use for being ugly. And uh, that being said, let's get into our next clue for the quiz today. Here we go. <laughs> for 200 points. That was, that, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. That was, <laughs> that was painful. The way that you said that, that was... Are you okay, Lawson? Uh, I'm, I'm battling. I'm getting through it. Are you doing okay? That was... Yeah. That was deep. That was I'm, a painful. I'm getting one. through it. Uh, <laughs> the next clue for 200 points: uh, There is no suitable helper found for me before woman was created. Guys, surely you know this. We're giving you the best, ample opportunity. All you need to do, you're, you're right there at the hole. You just need to, just you know, just give it a little, little tap in, just a little putt, and. You, you're you're in you're in the draw. You can win these prizes. Simply put, by Lauren Wade, as well as letters from a skeptic by Greg and Edward Boyd. But again, that clue was there is no suitable helper found for me before women was created. The essential question is: Was there a man that ever existed before woman? If you know who that is, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Is there even another clue after that? That's there is. There oh, is. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. So, <laughs> if you know who it is, guys, get in, and uh, yeah, you'll get your entries into the into the draw, which will be drawn tomorrow. So, get excited. I uh, I just have some text messages I need to read here, Braden. Mm. I can't actually read this text because it kind of gives away what the clue is. But uh, he did admit that he had to read Hosea 6 to to make it through there. Uh, we've got another text here. Lawson, free fine dining. That's the life <laughs> in a day of Lawson working for God. You are blessed as you bless others with the gift of life in Christ. Oh, with a little heart emoji and smiley faces. And oh, that's hands. cute. That is cute, actually. Uh, all right, we've got some uh, Raphael. You got the answer right. Brett, you got the answer right. Another Raphael got the answer right. Uh, Janelle got the answer right. Suzanne got the answer right. Brayden got the answer right. Karen got the answer right. Wow, you guys are just just pouring in the the answers here. We a lot of people got that there. Here uh, we've got another text coming in. U.S. train explosion and, quote, by Senator, over a dozen few distribution companies have been destroyed, food being poisoned, et cetera, et cetera. U.S. Navy divers destroying Russian pipeline. I have seen the YouTube presentation by the award-winning reporter, which mm. is Seymour uh, Hirsch, I believe. Everything you said is correct. Another conspiracy theory proven true. 
This is an act of war by the U.S. against Russia. The question is, how will they retaliate? Will these cause? Will this cause World War III? After all, this is what the NWO actually wants. That that was actually a point that I think is a really good point here. That is an act of war by the U.S. against mm-hmm. Russia. And this is why the U.S. doesn't want this story to be well known in the media. Like it, I, I was asking Shell earlier today if you remembered when the pipeline was destroyed back in September and, and she didn't really know about the story because it mm. wasn't a big story. It was a, it was a kind of a story that was just, whoosh, you know, covered up because by design, they didn't want a lot of people talking about this. However, mm. as more information has come out, it really, if the U S did this, you know, this is what has been reported and it seems to be the case, but if the U.S. did this, this is an open act of war against Russia and in some weird way against Germany as well, too, because it directly impacts the GDP economy of Germany as well, too, because they had some sort of deal with Russia going on where they're pumping uh, gas and money back and forth because the, the German national uh, economy was strongly benefiting. I think it had like a 45% profit uh, decrease after the explosion. Wow. Uh, so big, big time stuff here. Sherry, you got the answer correct. Uh, we got another text message coming at real close here. It says, you must really read the book Return of the Gods by Jonathan Cahn. It really explains how old pagan religion is coming back into all the world. So this is kind of like with the interview I've been having with Mikhail about Finland being established on pagan principles and really theosophy and occultism, not so much Christianity, even though the country is Christian, the, the framework of the, the founding, I guess you would call them fathers of the Finnish government, not working on a Christian basis. Bottom line is the world was totally pagan uh, who believed and practiced human and when the world was totally pagan, they believed in practice uh, human and baby sacrifices. But when Jesus came and the disciples preached the gospel to all the world, paganism was vanquished, hmm. especially the practice of child sacrifice. But now Christian nations have turned their back, their backs on Christianity. And like the story of the demon possessed man who was cleaned from the demon and his house was left empty. So seven demons then worse then the one that left returned and the man came much, became much worse than before. So it is with the Christian nations who have turned their backs on Christianity and the Holy Spirit. The Return of the Gods, this book that he's talking about, uh, a.k.a. also talking about how demons have returned to cause havoc. And we're living in it and we haven't seen anything yet. That's a really interesting thought process. Because you know Jesus does say that when the house is swept clean and empty, if you don't fill it with the Holy Spirit, the vessel becomes worse off than it was before. Mm. That's that's a wild thought, actually, right? That's a very, very wild thought. We got another text message here uh, saying, talking about child sacrifice, 60 million children have been sacrificed to abortion since Oof. the 1960s. Oof, that's a lot. That is a lot of things happening. Bruce and Sky uh, both got the you got the answer correct mm. as well too. It's interesting talking about human sacrifice. 
Um, I was actually talking about this last night in my Bible study, and we were talking about how the outcome of basically every theology, like every pagan religion, the outcome throughout history has been the eventual sacrificing of children. And, and I think that, yeah, once paganism was vanquished for a long time as a result of the existence of Christianity, but if people don't believe in Christianity, then they're going to believe in something. <laughs> and if they're going to believe in something that, uh, yeah, if it goes back to root paganism, what we understand as paganism, I think it'll just eventually lead back to that place. And we're already kind of seeing. Well, it we've, now, so. we've literally just outlined here in Estonia. It is predominantly neo-pagan, mm-hmm. right? With neo meaning the new pagans, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's already a shift in some of these very secular Western countries along the Baltic Ocean, you know, Scandinavia, the the areas in, in this part of the world, Northern Europe, where paganism is coming back stronger than ever before, right? Mm. So, and it's a crazy thought process. And, and some of the stuff that we see in the media and the news and movies and music, it's promoting a culture of paganism. Mm. Like essentially, and this is basically paganism is do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. That's, that's essentially paganism in a nutshell. Do what thou wilt, which is the, the motto of the satanic church as well, too. And we're living in a society that's l- basically making the mandate saying, I want to do what I want to do whenever I want to do it. I don't want anyone to give me rules. I don't want to be restricted by others' opinions. I want to do what I want to do every time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. But while paganism recognizes the idea of I want to do whatever I want to do, it's to be enabled to do whatever you want to do, you need to appease some god that will bless you with riches and the ability to do whatever you want to do. So, for example, if you look at... uh, pagan nations in the past, whether it was, let's say, Assyria, the biggest god in Assyria was Dagon, the god, the Dagon of Assyria, Assyria, particularly Nineveh, was a coastal city, uh, and fishing was a big industry, they worshipped the fish god, and then they would need to appease the fish god so they would be blessed with lots of fish and good tidings from the ocean. It's like, well, how can I appease the fish god so I can keep doing whatever I want to do because the fish god will bless me and look after me? Oh, well, firstly, I need to sacrifice my cow, then my buckets of oil, then this, then that, then this, then that. Oh, then eventually, if I really want to appease the fish god, if I really want to be enabled to do whatever I want to do, what do I need to do? Sacrifice my ch- my children. And and it's interesting because people would look at something like paganism, they're like, well, Estonians don't murder their children. What are you talking about? But historically, every single time paganism is practiced, the ultimate outcome is child sacrifice. It has to be. It's the logical conclusion of if I just need to give God stuff for him to bless me, and the bigger and better I give, then the more he blesses me. Like, if that's your whole thing, you know, as Christians, we believe in in grace and mercy that God has already given, and anything we give back to him is in respectful return. But there is no way that we can give so much that, you know, 
that that God would give us more kind of thing. It's it's there's there's and God is clearly against child sacrifice, but within paganism, there's not necessarily those limits and the gods are a means to an end of making you rich. And so it's like, yep, you want to get rich. And this is, this is how many, many cultures who practice paganism in the past looked at it. If you want to get rich, just kill your children. Well, it's worthy to note that we're living in a time where there might be more child sacrifice. If you, uh, if you essentially, are of the belief that abortion is a form of child sacrifice. Well, we're living in an age of more child sacrifice than ever before in Earth's history, right? Oof. So it's, I think it's definitely an interesting thought process to go like, well, abortion is not a healthy path moving forward for communities, for families, for individuals, but definitely not healthy for the children, uh, you know, that are growing in the wombs. It is the all the research shows that this is actually an unhealthy practice uh, for everyone involved. It's very unhealthy for the children, probably the most unhealthy because it literally kills them. But Mm. we we should understand and recognize that I think there's more to in the fight for women's rights and and I uh, I want to respect women's rights, of course. It's so interesting how there is a group of people who say certain words that are like trigger words. And so like, oh, you don't support women's rights when you say, I actually don't support abortion. And like, oh, so you're not for women's rights. Like, why are we equating those two things together? Right. You know, and we live in a society now where you're condemned and you're punished if you say, well, actually, I think abortion is not a healthy option for our communities to have. Uh, and then mm-hmm. people are like, well, hey, this is, th- this is totally, you know, wrong what you're doing. You're just throwing women under the bus. You don't care about women what, at all. And that's not what's being communicated at all. It's very similar to the Black Lives Matter movement, right? You, like if you're the, the movement has really nothing to do if you, if you follow the the financial contributions of the Black Lives Matter organization, the money is actually going towards transgender organizations, which do nothing to support uh, black communities in America. And the members of those communities, like in Flint, Michigan, are even saying, hey, where's all this money that you seem to have claimed to you know, raise for us. We haven't seen any of it. What are you talking about? Where is this money actually going? And when, when they follow where the money actually goes, it's actually going to completely different things. And so Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a strategy that is used to say one thing that where, if you disagree with, if you disagree with them, they're saying, Oh, clearly you don't care about black people. Or if you disagree with me about abortion, clearly you don't care about women. And that's not actually the case, but it's a, it's a tactic that is used to make people compliant, to make people kind of bow down to the whims of whatever the, the, the next agenda is being spoken of because they don't want people to speak out against what is actually happening. It's, Mm. 
really, it's really sad. It's really unfortunate. And it, and it happens over and over and over again, uh, you know, through history, but it's getting more brazen and more difficult, which I find interesting that even though there's this shift towards neo-paganism uh, in society, the Roe versus Wade was turned back on a federal level. You know, mm-hmm. the whole abortion uh, uh, debate that started up in America, they, they actually said, actually, we don't want abortion. And we're actually changing this. And it's we're, we're going, we're, we're turning the tables on Roe versus Wade. So there's, there's a pushback against this paganism that's starting to happen as well, too. So just a lot of things to keep an eye on. And I think it's important for us as Christians to just be aware of what's happening in the world around us, especially in, in these topics that are kind of hot topic buttons, like hot push button topics that really impact our understanding of where we're at in Earth's history. But I love what you said earlier, Lawson. Mm. All, like it's just child sacrifice led to people being rich like or at least that was the belief right mm. and now we're going to talk about the rich young ruler uh-huh. so are you ready for that oh dude i'm ready i'm, I'm okay ready no I'm this is here. from our 20 million movement bible study we don't know a lot about the rich young ruler uh but he was young he was a ruler and he was rich mm. can, can you read for us mark chapter 10 verse 17 I am going to read Mark chapter 10, verse 17 for you as I pull it up. The Bible says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 17, Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, and honor your father and your mother. He answered and said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So Jesus is not actually telling all of us, sell everything that you have and give all the money to the poor. Uh, But in this particular situation, money is essentially this man's God. This is his real God, right? Mm. And, Jesus' answer kind of seems pretty severe in the situation. But this guy, he had a bit of self-righteousness to him. He was like, Mm. you know, I've done all that stuff. I've been following you for a long time. I I know what I'm doing, you know. And so Jesus' further response tightens uh, tightens the hatches and says, actually, you haven't. And Mm. if you really want to, if you truly want to follow me, sell everything that you have. And, and make it for real. Make the Mm-mm-mm. make the actual commitment to follow me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. He says here, like uh, when when he says, "Good teacher, how must I inherit eternal life?" He says, "Why do you call me good? No one is good. No, uh, no one is good but one. That is God." Uh, the rich young ruler approaching him as a teacher who could, you know, oh, teach me the the ways of life, how I can be good before God and whatnot. And he says, well, 
the the reason no one is good but God, and and this really points to the fact that He is God. He's saying the reason I'm a good teacher is because I'm God, and so getting right with me, listening to what I say, listening to what I tell you to do is what is going to make you right. Knowing me is what is going to make you right before God. But we'll talk more about this. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Live from Finland and Australia simultaneously while Shell points the fingers at the different screens that need to actually speak at the right exact time. Shell, you are a conductor uh, on a mission and you Fully. are succeeding today. She is the conductor of the Faith FM Orchestra, which is, <laughs> and she's doing a fantastic job at it. But we have our final clue. and it's What instrument do you play in the orchestra, Lawson? What do I play? Actually, I have a bunch of instruments sitting beside me. I've got two guitars and my bass and my piano. So I can play any of those. Bass? I'm going to say double bass. Double bass. Yeah, I think double I, bass. I think I'd... Oh. An orchestra. I could play a fretless bass, but a double bass is kind of like violin style. I don't really know how the scales work, but it's really cool. I think, I, I think it's super cool. I'm the panpipe guy. Yeah, I was like, I want to buy a double bass. And then I looked one up, and the cheapest double basses are like $1,200. So I was like, I don't want to buy a double bass anymore. It just, you know, that compulsion left me. But hey, uh, we have our final clue for the quiz today. And guys, this is, this, is, this is our layup for this week. You ready? Eve is my wife. If you know who this is, 0491-064-669, Eve is my wife. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. And I'll give you an extra clue. This person's name means man. So their, their name means man. You're saying, what you're telling me is it's a man who's married to Eve. He's married to Eve. That's right. Uh, okay, Texas at 0491-064-669 if you want to donate a double bass to Lawson Walters. <laughs> or if so. you want to answer the quiz correctly. Well. Interesting. Oh, speaking, of, speaking of donations, speaking of giving, we've been talking about the rich young ruler here. And something that I find particularly interesting about the story, we've just been talking about uh, child sacrifice, paganism, uh, all of those things. And we see that Jesus, his advice to this this guy one thing you lack, go your way and sell whatever you have and give to the poor for you'll have treasure in heaven. Now, uh, definitely we see here the reason he's to give all his stuff to the poor is not to receive treasures in this world, but to receive treasure in heaven. You know, what's not explicitly said in this command is that he himself will become poor. It just says, sell all that you have. Uh, but all of everything he could sell could be replaced by God. But his assumption is, I already have so much, and and unfortunately he doesn't continue to go. But he says that he'll instead of you know having treasures on this earth, he will gain treasures in heaven. I want to ask Blake, what do you what do you think Jesus means by that? Does he mean like in the Egyptian sense, like you know how they get buried with all their treasure so that they're rich in heaven? Like, is there stuff? If we, if I give my money to people, will that money be put into my eternal bank account? Will I, will I be richer in heaven if I make lots of money here and then sell it so I'll get treasure in heaven? Like, how does that, how does that work? First off, I don't ever want to be buried like that because 
they pull your brains out through your nostrils. And yeah, that's, that's pretty, just pretty gross. weird and wild. So they put it in a little jar uh, for later on. And that just is, that's a no-go zone for me. Number two, I I feel actually really sorry for this guy. Mm. I feel really sorry for the rich young ruler because he literally, you talked about layups before, mm-hmm. right? You know, with the answer uh, to the mm-hmm. quiz, like, this is our layup for the week. This was the layup of the millennia, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the century, no, the millennium, right? <laughs> full layup right here. And uh, Jesus is saying, hey, you get rid of all your stuff. You can come and join my crew, be part of the 12 disciple crew, like my inner circle. You can hang out with us. You can be a part of this whole thing. All you got to do is give up everything. And instead of a response, we actually just see him never talking again because he's just he sad and leaves. He's yeah. Sad and then he leaves. That is the worst. We talked about how the Brittany Griner trade between the U.S. and Russia was a bad deal. No, 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 no. This was a bad deal. This was the worst deal. Mm-hmm. You literally just saved up for yourselves treasures on earth that do you no good when uh, you enter into the afterlife, which is just sleep <laughs> until mm. Jesus returns. For what? The, I mean, you kept your treasures, but you, you got nothing after that as well, too. And he's sad. The worst delayed gratification of all time. And he's sad, too, even with these treasures. He goes away sorrowful. Sorrowful. Yeah. Like, he's not, he's like, nah, Jesus, I got so much something better here. Like, he knows he's missing something. That's why he comes to Jesus to ask to inherit eternal life. But and he knows that his riches on earth aren't enough. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of when uh, Paul says in heaven, I do not know what I'm doing. He says it not in heaven, in the book of Romans. He says, I do not know what I'm doing. For what I will to do, I do not do. But what I will not to do, those are the things at which I do. And he eventually says, who can save me from this body of death? Like this rich young ruler just makes seemingly the worst decisions compared to what he wants, what will make him happy, what will bless his life. He knows. He's like, I need to receive eternal life. Okay, what's the way I receive eternal life? Giving up my riches. My riches make me sorrowful and sad. Because I won't give them up. Oh, but instead of doing that, I'm going to hold on to them anyway. So but, this reminds me of another story oh, right here, Larson. Yeah. This reminds me of another story about Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus. We got the, the rich young ruler. He and Zacchaeus have a, a few things in common. And the we've rich, got the rich, short tax collector. We, well, we don't know. We don't know if, oh, you're saying the rich young ruler. Uh, no, you're saying Zacchaeus is short. Definitely yeah. Zacchaus is short. Yeah. So we got a the rich short, young ruler, rich, ruler. rich short tax both of them are rich. Both they both want to see Jesus. They both want eternal life. Hmm. That's where the similarities are completely done, and they stop. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 19, starting verse one. The Bible says, "Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and man, he was rich. I added that part. Man, who's hmm. rich? Sorry." And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature, a polite way of saying he's a little guy, little fellow. Mm. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. 
And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who has a, who is a sinner. And then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I have... I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also, he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost, which is actually one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Why did Jesus come? To seek and to save people like me, the lost who mm. I'm not lost anymore because Jesus came and he found and he saved. So the difference here is the response to Jesus. The rich young ruler realizes that he's rich, can't do the thing that Jesus says. So he gives up, walks away and he's sad for the rest of his days. Mm. That trade off. Zacchaeus hears what he needs to do. And he even decides to go above and beyond. So Zacchaeus essentially does give up all of his wealth because he says, I'm going to pay everyone back. Plus, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to give them four times the amount, which is essentially going to make him poor. He's not going to have the money uh, that he previously had before because he's choosing to follow God all the way. So he's saying half my good plus four times the amount of anyone that I've cheated. The difference is the character. The rich young ruler says, I've got too much. I got too much. I can't follow Jesus. Zacchaeus says, I'm going to give it all away and some because I can't not follow Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. With Blake and Lawson, where we like to listen to an eclectic range of different music for The Breakfast Show. I'm a little more in the country bluegrass uh, range and Lawson likes weird stuff. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Lawson. All right. So, okay. It's so cool. It's so cool that you like weird stuff. Hey, so Lawson, give us a little answers to the quiz. I think the only clue in this quiz that was any obscure was in Hosea 6. The Lord says that Judah and Ephraim are like I was because they broke the covenant. Now, other than these, other than this clue, the rest of them is stuff like Eve is my wife. So we know that this person must obviously be Adam. We're talking about Adam here. The 930 years was a little obscure. Uh, Not really. Not really. There's very few people that are listed in the Bible as living over 900. And they all have like different days that they died, like different years. What would you do? What would you do if you lived over 900 years? Like, what would you, like, what are your thoughts? Like what, what would I participate in? What would I get into? I'll tell you one thing I would do. I would plan an orchard right now. You could just just do that anyway. Yeah. But who knows? Like, who knows? You know? Yeah. Who knows? I feel like if you knew you're going to live for 900 years, you'd have so much time. I've been living for 24 years and that's felt, incredibly forever incredibly lengthy uh i couldn't imagine what it's like to be over 30 that's crazy 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ridiculously old, over 30-year-olds uh, over here. Insane. But, uh, yeah, essentially this person, Adam, lives for a very long time. And we know that uh, after his decision to be complicit with the wants of his wife and to sin, um, he actually goes on to, you know, the Bible doesn't mention after that his continual participation in sin. In fact, we have the two, from there, like two different factions form in humanity. You have the line of Cain, which is one of Adam's sons. Cain's line lives in the valley. And then the line of Seth, which live up in the mountains, and Seth's line for a period of time until the sons of Seth eventually head down to the, into the valley and co, you know, mingle with the line of Cain, and then they all intermarry, and then they all start... Is that what we call it? What do you call it? Like, mingling? Yeah, they start mingling, you know what? But up until that point, they were they faithfully... more than mingle. They get married to each other. That's right. Uh, up until that point, they were faithfully living in the mountain, and, it, and it's inferred that Adam would have been there too. And after his grave and egregious mistake of sin, uh, that he spent a life repenting. And coming back to God. And so we're going to see Adam in heaven. And I think if I had 930 years to live on this world, I think the best way to spend it would be following Jesus, <laughs> like following God, especially, you know, in a tale like Adam's of being the, being one of the first people on earth to ever sin and ever leave God, uh, to then spend the next 930 years coming back to him and establishing a relationship with him. I, I think that Adam and God would have been incredibly close, and Adam definitely would have understood the mercy of God. Absolutely. And so if I could spend 930 years on this world, the best way to spend it is with God. I think 930 years on this world the way it is, it, that would be too rough. That would be terrible. That would be awful because – and especially if you're the only only one living 930 years, you have to make new friends every every generation, every other generation. Dude, imagine living from like 1100 till now. Till now, where yeah. so you would have gone from literally like, hey, I am a man, to trying to explain what pronouns are. But you know, like you would have like, seen just the devastating world. advancements in warfare, uh, all of the. The plagues, you know, depending on where you are, let's say you're in, in the kind of center of the world, let's say you're Europe, Middle East, Asia, that kind of area, man, you would have seen so much suffering and so much pain. And so I'm, I'm kind of glad that we don't live that long anymore. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. Mm-hmm. Right text in, funny Lawson, wait till you get over 30, then life actually speeds up. Wow. Huh? Because you said, I'm 24 and it's taken forever. And then he's saying, True. well, after 30, it's going to speed up. Yeah, that's right. Every every year that goes past is the year gets faster and faster. That's how everyone feels, I'm pretty sure. So I'm not sure if sarcasm can be read into texts, but George says, what a loving husband laying down his life for his wife. Hmm. I'm not sure what that is uh, about in reference to Adam. But this one is in reference to Adam from Braden. It says, in 930 years in this world would be hell. Having to deal with Satan's temptations and persecutions for that long would be horrible. Mm. Also, that's a long time to spend waiting for God's return. Yes, that's true. 
Skytex in 24 lengthy years. Oh, ha ha ha, Lawson. Imagine <laughs> your imagine your feed at 900. I'm wanting a really good heel bomb even right now. Woo. Mm. Yeah. You would have Dude. some I'd, rough I'd, feet by then, actually. Absolutely. I don't want to think about that. I you mean, know what I want to think about? What do you want to I, think about? I definitely don't want to think about you rubbing heel balm on your feet. I'd rather think about George texts us. Speaking of texts, he says on this earth and in heaven above, every scenario of sin has been played out. So let's mm-hmm. get ready to go home. Amen. Amen, George. I totally agree with that sentiment. I am. I'm tired. In fact, I want to go home back to Australia too. It's getting cold over here in Finland and I'm, I'm ready to go. And I, I'm ready to go home to Australia, but more importantly, I want to go home to heaven. So talk faith, live faith, act faith. You will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you.